It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. All right, we've got Alex and Stephen Kendrick in the studio with us today. They've got a movie coming out. Alex and Stephen, welcome to Family Life Today. Good to see you guys again. (laughs) Always good to talk to you guys. We're excited. We're always excited to be with you. You're producing such great material, movies for families. Thanks for all you're doing. And tell us, like, what's your new newest project? You know, uh, we had just finished Overcomer a few years ago, 2019, and Kirk Cameron gives me a call out of the blue. He says, hey, man, I got something you just got to look at. He says, I just saw this short documentary called I Lived on Parker Avenue. So I do. I pull it up and look at it. It impacts me way deeper than I would have expected. I show it to Stephen. It is just beautiful. And so we start talking about this being a feature film. And the more Stephen and I prayed about it, the more we felt like the Lord was saying, yes, you're going to tell this Total story. Peace. And so we met the real people it's about. But essentially, it follows this 18-year-old girl who at the last second rolls off the abortion table, says, don't do this to the doctor. She places her baby for adoption. It's adopted by a Christian couple that could not have their own children. They named the baby David. When David turned 18, he crossed paths with his biological mother. Well, she thought he would hate her. And when he met her, he just wraps her up and cries and says, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me live, for letting me be adopted. I love my life. I'm so grateful. And it just melts her heart. And that was recorded. Somebody video recorded that. So we saw that interaction. And then both of them now speak for life and the beauty of adoption and share their story. And they're impacting so many people's lives. So Kirk helped us turn this into a feature film about this true story. Well, the scene that you just described with David hugging his birth mom, I had to pause it and tell Dave, like, pause it, I need to go get some Kleenex. You really did. Yeah, it's emotional. And you laugh, too. You know, we try to always have humor, inspiration, emotion, and truth all wrapped up into a bow. So Now, Ann, were you comforting him when Dave was sobbing (laughs) watching this film? Honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. That usually does happen. Yes, it does. We're both crying. It is a 100% every movie I've ever seen, I cry. I have a men's group. And they just make fun of me. And one time we were on a trip and they put in some movie that there's, they, they're like, there's no way you can cry in this movie. And I found a part in the movie <laughs> that I cried. You guys, it was Firehouse Dog. Firehouse Dog. Our, you probably never heard of that one. Our son was in high school and he texted me like, Mom, Dad is crying at Firehouse Dog. <laughs> the dog comes back to the firehouse. It's, it's, uh, it's a tender moment. We need to send all of our movies to you, man. Well, let me ask you, was this emotional for you guys to create this film? Yes. It was. You know, of course, Stephen has adopted his beautiful daughter, Mia. Right. But for me, and I have six kids myself, but for me, you know, what was so moving was having the real people on set with us, Mm. watching this be portrayed and even being able to speak into it. This is what I was thinking at this point. This is why I was nervous or what I was doing. And and our actors getting to talk to the real people Mm -hmm. about walk us through this event in your life. And then they were able to portray it on screen. That was just 
beautiful. It was emotional. But again, I hope it just grabs the heart of the audience, too, because if we can draw them to biblical truth and how they view life, how they view the beauty of adoption, and uh, and so we, we just think it could make a huge impact. I had not heard the term life mark until I saw that moment in the movie. Explain that a little bit, because that was powerful. Yeah, so at the end of the movie, David sends Melissa, his biological mother, this gift. She opens this small box. It's She sees a note first, and it says, uh, Dear Melissa, this is to mark the day you chose life. And she pulls out this pendant with life mark on it, and it's the date she changed her mind and said, I'm letting this child live. I'm going to place him for adoption. So the life mark was that day. And so she wears that now as a reminder of that beautiful choice. I'm letting this child live. I'm, I'm letting him be adopted by a loving family. And, you know, the line is long for parents wanting to adopt, even in our country alone. That is a long line. And so with Roe versus Wade being overturned, there will be more births. And we want people to know there is hope. If you cannot raise this child uh, then there are couples that are looking for a child to adopt. And, of course, Stephen adopted his beautiful daughter, Mia, and the Kirk Cameron himself adopted four of his six children, and even his wife, Chelsea, was an adopted child. And so it meant, meant so much to our whole team, and, again, we hope that, that the audience agrees when they see it. Yeah, did you guys have any thought when you were working on this movie or even as you started to you know, look at the script and write it out, that the Supreme Court ruling was going to come and your movie's going to release right after that. Was that in the plan or? No. You know, every time we say, Lord, what do you want us to do? He usually directs us in a path and we're like, okay, how's this going to go? <laughs> so like even when we did War Room, it scared us. The Lord was waking us up in the middle of the night. I remember waking up and I see these images in my head of this elderly woman praying in a closet, teaching a young wife to do it as she faces a lot of hardship. And then all these verses are coming to mind. And I'm thinking, Lord, is this the direction you want us to go? Because closets aren't cinematic. Prayer <laughs> is not that exciting to portray on film. Are you sure you want us to make this movie? And War Room became our first number one hit at the theater. It outdid every projection that Sony had. And we were astonished at its response. So sometimes God says, trust me first, then you'll learn why later. So this movie, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know about Roe versus Wade. We didn't know about all the timing. The Lord did this. And so that's why we're so excited to see what the Lord does with this film. I think the thing that's so impressive, you guys, is that you hear from God. Hmm. You're having dreams. You're having these pictures in your head. Is that typical for you both? You know, I, w I would say it is common, but... Uh, the Lord sometimes moves in different ways. Sometimes it's the verse that jumps off the Bible page at you, and it's like God said, focus on this theme right now. And sometimes it's after a season of prayer. Mm -hmm. So he has woken me up in the night before. It, that, it's not that way with every film, but what is common is the Lord pointing us in a direction. Uh, I'll have a piece about it. Stephen will as well. And we don't move forward until we're in unity and uh, just watching what God does. But I think that's encouraging because – Sometimes we want all the answers ahead of time. Yeah, sure. But God is saying, go, yes. walk forward. I'm giving you this direction. Right. And then it gives you some of the pieces later. That's right. Well, and walking by faith requires that we move forward in obedience with the light that he's illumined in front of the car driving through the dark. And when we move the hundred yards down the road, he, you know, he illumines the next 
you know, step that we need to take. And so if you read Hebrews 11, oftentimes he gives them enough to obey him, but then he reveals the next steps when they move forward in obedience. And so mm-hmm. our whole journey has been us moving forward by faith and then God then providing the rest of the script or providing the resources to shoot it or the locations. And sometimes it's in the last hour when the Lord shows up with the Hail Mary pass in the end zone, but he has been faithful on every project we've worked on uh, to carry us and lead us into bless. And so we've gotten to the point where we just know if he confirms he's in it, and that's one of the keys. People say, oh, God told me to do this, or God told me to do that. Well, he may or he may not have, but if he's in it, he will confirm it. He'll confirm it with a peace. He'll confirm it with his word. He'll confirm it oftentimes with counsel. Circumstances will begin. Doors will open and close. Provision will fall into place. And so we have learned that if you get a great idea at 3 o'clock in the morning, it may be a dumb idea when you wake up <laughs> and you really process it. And But if it won't go away and it lines up with the word and the provision is showing up and the door is opening, move forward by faith and trust the Lord. I mean, what you're talking about actually happens, as you know, in the movie. When David's mom's in the abortion clinic, I mean, I didn't know that scene was coming. I, You know, it's later, and her laying there, it it sure is portrayed that she heard, get out. Yeah. Is that how it went down? So, yeah, the way she tells it, so two things happen there. So when she's walking in... There is a Christian lady on the side urging her not to go in, and she literally said, "Uh, ma'am, your baby has ten fingers and ten toes. Please don't kill it. And when she was inside, she kept thinking of that. This baby has ten fingers and ten toes. This is a human baby. This is not just a clump of mass and a clump of cells. This is a human life. And so she went in, and then she's laying there, and she hears the voice, get up, there's still time, which was just moments before the doctor started the procedure. Hmm. So she says, she sits up, and she says, please don't do this. And she gets off the table. It irritates the doctor. And so she walks out changes her clothes, and when she walks out of the center, she of course, she never looks back. And so she said those moments, you know, hearing the Lord prompt her, get up, and then that lady saying, your baby has ten fingers, ten toes, she said that couldn't leave her mind, mm-hmm. and that she's so grateful because she said it was about three to four seconds, and David would not be here today. Oh. And today, just so you know, he recently passed the bar exam. He's now a full lawyer. He just got married, and he's helping Couples adopt children, and it is just so beautiful that this is now another generation that's being started because he's here. So we're we're very excited. We talk about how this movie demonstrates that one courageous decision in a moment of fear can bless and change so many lives. You see that in that moment when everything was against her, her feelings, her emotions, her boyfriend, everybody else that she chose what she believed God was leading her to do, and then the blessings that have resulted. And now a movie that could potentially go to countries around the world and promote life and adoption for such a time as this. Well, Stephen, you've had the opportunity to adopt your little girl, Mia. What did that feel like in the courtroom for her adoption? Take us back to that. 
Well, for us, my wife and I had had four biological children, and the Lord spoke to me on an airplane when I was reading his word. He confirmed it in his word. He confirmed it uh, with what he was leading me to do with my wife, with prayer, and then the doors opened for us to adopt her. I remember being in China, meeting her for the first time, holding her for the first time, and there's this immediate bond that God gives you this love for this adopted child that's equal to your biological children. She has such a special place in my heart. And then through that process of adoption, you learn about spiritual adoption in living color in front of you because Ephesians says that God adopts us into his family when we give our lives to Christ. He becomes our father and he loves us unconditionally. He blesses us with every spiritual blessing. He forgives us of all of our sins and pays all of our debts. And we have access to his heart, his throne in prayer because of that adoption. So it was through that adoption process with Mia that all of those light bulbs begin to go on for me about what God does for each one of his children. It's funny. I was just reading Romans. 8 today, Romans eight fifteen says Because you're doing your one-year Bible. I'm right behind you. <laughs> the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Yes. And Dave and I were just in a courtroom, and our middle son has two of bio uh, daughter and son, and then he just adopted two sons that are biological brothers, and it was emotional. I think exactly what you guys said and what you said, Stephen, it makes you feel the beauty of God's adoption toward us, and then you also see the beauty and grace of God taking us in, grafting us in, and this little boy that they just adopted, he is our grandson. Yes, he is. We just wept the whole time. The whole time. I mean, it wasn't that long <laughs> you of a did? process. You yeah, wept? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, here's a picture of, uh, you know, this little sign that they took beforehand. Beautiful. You know, before every picture we sent out, you had to cover his face because he was just a foster child. But now he's, right. I am chosen. I am wanted. I am loved. I am accepted. I am a Wilson. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> As you guys know, sitting there watching the judge say he has all the rights Yes. of being a Wilson and you can never take these away I just, you know, I was weeping because I knew the future he could have or would have had. Right. And now the future he will have. And it's just the same for us. Our destiny without Christ, our destiny as a son and daughter of the king, it's such a beautiful thing. So, I mean, your movie portrays that in such a powerful way. I'm hoping people see it and they become advocates for adoption and for life. For life. I'm sure yes. that was your hope as well. Well, and in life, Mark, as you remember when you saw it, there's those scenes where Kirk Cameron's, the adopted father, turns to his son and he says, God gave you to me and mom as a gift, and you will always be our son. He is saying that as an adopted father to a son who's about to go meet his biological mom. And we, and he knew that inside of his heart and mind, there would be all those mixed of emotions as to who am I? And there's a lot of adopted kids who they don't treasure their adoption. They don't realize how priceless and precious this gift is. And that, yes, their adopted parents are their parents now. We, we tell our daughter, and we've said it all along from the beginning, 
that she is a gift from the Lord. God wanted her to be in our family. We chose her. We love her. And that uh, her future is bright and hopeful. And we always present adoption in a positive, wonderful light. That this is something super special about her life that God chose for her to not only be born, but he chose for her to grow up in our family. And uh, we know God has great plans for her. And I think the body of Christ for such a time as this needs to get a bigger heart for adoption. Because so many people have said, hey, the end game is to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And no way. You know, in God's big picture, overturning Roe v. Wade is like a touchdown in a big, long journey. And we have to view it as discipleship at every level, that we want to show compassion for these young girls that are in these unwanted pregnancies and disciple them to faith in Christ. Because as you know, sometimes even if they put up this baby for adoption, they may be back pregnant, you know, a few months from now, unless somebody reaches them with the truth of the gospel and God begins to turn their hearts towards their heavenly father in Christ, rather than trying to find love in a passing whim or a passing experience. But the church also needs to show compassion for the unborn, and they need to show compassion for these parents that can't have biological children, and they need to show compassion for the children in the foster care uh, community that are around them. I think that LifeMark can be used as a tool to not only reach the head with a true story, but reach the heart with inspiration. And hopefully God can use it like a weapon in this journey that we're on to overcome evil with good. You know, I'm guessing your dream, your vision is even as people watch it, that God will speak to them. Yes. We've already talked about God moving, but God will speak and say, I'm calling you. Is that part of your dream? Absolutely. Our prayer is that not only do we commit a project to the Lord, but that the Holy Spirit speaks to people's hearts while they watch it. Hmm. Because God knows exactly what each person in every theater seat needs to hear. And God can speak to them about something totally unrelated to adoption and abortion or life or any of these things. And he can touch their life about their need for him, about their need to be courageous with the decisions that are being placed in front of them, about going home and loving their bio kids, you know, that they've got at home and spending more time with them. So we are asking uh, that the Lord's hand of favor and blessing be upon every project that we do uh, so that people, yes, they're entertained and yes, they're inspired, but that they have an encounter with the Lord and that they walk out of the theater or they might be looking at their cell phone on an airplane mm-hmm. watching one of these films and God can touch their heart and forever change their life. That's so interesting because as I hear you say that, I go through each of your movies Sorry, big fan, but I've seen all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And that has happened every time. There's been a moment. I can kind of see those visions in my head of even the war room, how she's praying over her home and taking back her home and her marriage for Jesus and to stand on the foundation of Christ. And Anne's not going to tell you this, but I've watched her do it (laughs) on our back deck, screaming (laughs) out. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. which is awesome. Go it was in. really, it, the vision was from seeing it on the theater screen saying, yeah. we can do that and we need to do that. And the same thing yes. can happen with this movie. It's the power of a story. It's the power of visual that the Holy Spirit uses in our own lives to really speak to us and move us into action. Isn't it interesting that you and I often will have trouble clearly remembering a sermon that we heard a month ago? 
but we will remember a motion picture that we saw 10 years ago. Absolutely. And so that's, that's why these pictorial, emotional stories can carry so much weight in people's lives. So I hope this movie, which is based on a true story, when people see it, it will grab their heart and instill in them the beauty of life, the beauty of adoption, and that that will influence our culture, if not our leaders when they're making laws. So again, it's not just about our individual rights. It's also about the preciousness of life existing. Well, thank you for what you guys do. Yeah. It is, uh, it's more than a ministry. I, you know this. It's a calling that is impacting the world, the Christian community, but the world, and we are just beneficiaries of that. So thank you. I don't know if you want to give us a heads up of what's coming next. You got plans for the next movie, or do we want to not... Let anybody know. Well, well, we have this couple, this dynamic couple. He's bald-headed. Yes. She's this pretty blonde lady. <laughs> they're spies at night, yes. and they help our government. And yes. during the daytime, they're just talk show hosts. Yes, they just I pretend like to be family-friendly <laughs> talk show hosts. How'd they find out we were spies? <laughs> that was undercover. <laughs> to thank David Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you would like to purchase a CD of today's program, email us at radio at powertochange.org.au or go to the podcast section of our website, families.powertochange.org.au, where you'll find lots of information, news and resources. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.